Hello, it is it is a well-being panel tonight. So excited to have these wonderful individuals joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, so welcome, so glad you could join us for tonight's panel answering your well-being questions. Our wonderful business members are eager to help you create your best life. So I would love to introduce our panel members for tonight. So we got Rochelle McFarlane. Uh, Rochelle is an energetic medicine woman, certified international kinesiology, college instructor, bio, uh, bioenergetic practitioner, a published author, author, and a sought after wellness speaker. For the last 25 years, she has formulated a system that helps activate your innate healing ability so that you can live holistically happy. I love that, holistically happy. She's a passionate, playful mom of four homeschool children and a wife of 18 years who loves to dance to the beat of her own drum. And that absolutely is the Rochelle I know for sure. She's playful and she's happy and she loves to dance. So welcome, Rochelle. Yay. Thank you for being Thank here. You. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here too. Uh, next is Deborah Kelly. And Deborah Kelly is uh, uh, quite the traits. She's a local realtor, which has been crazy this past year, as everybody knows. She's an author and a storyteller. So please join me in welcoming Deborah. Deborah, so glad you could be here. Yay. I'm excited too. Thank you, Shauna. Thank you. And then we have uh, Tara uh, Pilling of Diamond Mind Consulting. Uh, she's Peak Performance Mindset mindset consultant, a grateful thank you and blessed human being with a greater divine purpose as a conduit to create greater conscious, conscious awareness and change in world through herself. Tara teaches and mentors with Bob Proctor. Bob is the foremost authority in the personal and professional development field now for more than half a century. As of this new year, Tara stepped into the role uh, as one of Bob's top inner circle leaders, Circle of Excellence, which is just awesome. So she hit her C-type goal. So she's just been growing and growing and growing, and it's been just awesome to watch Tara over the last few years that I've known her just uh, grow and flourish and expand, and, and it's been amazing. So welcome, Tara. So glad you could join us tonight. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you all. Thank you. Yay. That's just <laughs> fantastic. So we'll back around to Rochelle. And Rochelle, can you please share with us what you do to for yourself, for your own personal care? <laughs> for my own personal care? Yeah, what do you I'll do? talk about today. Today, I went for two swims in the lake because I live by the lake. And then I was drumming on my last swim. And so I love to, I love, I love to drum clear my own energy and fully take responsibility for being self-regulated mm. by just having some great chats with my children with friends and with clients of course taking those times for community connections yeah really important I mean that's I could I rarely take for like the next hour but I don't think that's why we're here <laughs> Well, I think it's good for people to hear what wellness uh, leaders are doing in the for themselves too. So I think it's important that we do do things for ourselves because I don't think a lot of people do. I think they try to fix things that they're broken 
but uh, personal care is such an important thing to adapt into your life. So I think it's important you guys share what you do. I hope that's okay. <laughs> As role models and uh, kind of inspires me to stay uh, and others to kind of stay with it and take care of themselves. So thank you for sharing. Deborah, what do you do for self-care? Well, I'm glad that I'm second on this one because I've had time to think. <laughs> Thanks for going first, Michelle. Um, I think I've had um, a, a routine for many, many years of journaling. And I feel very blessed that if I feel like I want to complain about something, I get to write it and get it off my, out of my body. And uh, I believe uh, I spend time, especially during this last year of uh, continued chaos and rules and government restrictions and our freedoms completely uh, uh, taken away. Um, it affected me a little more than I thought it would. And so I, I realize every single day I have a choice and my choices are uh, happiness or not. So I always choose happiness. And for the most part, it works. Um, sometimes, you know, you have to have that little card that says, you know, I'm allowed to just like be miserable by myself. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, but I find myself um, going to my gratitude list for what, no matter what's going on in the chaos, I go to gratitude. So journaling, gratitude, choice. I would say those are my top three. I love it. No, I'm not very good at journaling and I, I don't really pen to paper very often. I imagine you pen to paper for journaling. Is that what you do, Deb? Mm. Do you think it, no? I personally, because Julia Cameron from The Artist's Way, um, I, I learned in 1994, I guess, um, pen to paper was very cathartic and important. I know some people might uh, find that uh, getting on a computer and doing it, but I still journal like longhand. Mm. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, because I'm more leaning to the typing thing, if I, if I still get the kind of lift from the typing but I, you kind of um, answered it. <laughs> I don't know the answer. If it works for you, I think whatever works for you. I'll try yeah. it. Yeah. I'll try it. You're going to inspire me to try it. So Okay. Get a nice journal, though. Okay. Go to chapters. Get a really nice one so that you love looking at it and holding it. Yeah. Awesome. Nice pen, too. One that's easy. It's office supplies. It's office supplies. You're investing oh, in your office love, supplies. Love yeah, office there you supplies. go. Yes, I've got, I've got many nice, beautiful journals and many pens. So, oh, there you go. To pick, just to pick, pick one out. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And Tara, what do you do for self-care? Um, well, I say that I'm a master scheduler. If I, I schedule everything and self-care is always really important. I mean, I have a background as an Ayurvedic coach, so self-care is number one for me, um, but it's scheduling it in. It's really writing it down um, and being prepared so that I'm getting to bed early and I'm getting up early. I have a 4 a.m. start, so self-care is so important. And um, I do a lot of movement practices and cold plunging. And I, I mean, I'm a mindset coach, so gratitude. And there is a whole thing I won't get into and why it is so important to put pen to paper, but there is. Um, so gratitude. Um, 
just taking time, just recognizing when I need to really just take time for me. And, and I think like all of you women and many women and men that are out there watching this is we have very fun, very fun and full lives. And when we don't schedule in time for self-care or recognize the feeling, because our feeling always tells us um, what we're emotionally involved in. So when I'm not feeling great, then I know I got to dive into self-care. And so I would say that it's pretty much foundational in my life and in everything I do and how I can operate at, a, at the level that I do and feel amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing You're that. Welcome. Wonderful, you guys. You're welcome. Appreciate that. So now I'm going to ask a series of questions that have been gathered from many, many resources from online chats, different websites, all kinds of different things. So that people are struggling with, and we'll just kind of go around and, and hear your thoughts on these, on these questions. So we'll start with Rochelle. Rochelle, I have trouble keeping my temper when it comes to my teenager. Help. Is that my cue now that's to, that's to that's share? <laughs> yes. <laughs> First and foremost, I don't mean to laugh and be disrespectful at all for this, this question. But at the same time, I kind of giggle because I do have two teenagers. And the biggest thing is connection. And I, I feel like emotional because I know right now more than ever, being a teenager sucks. <laughs> There's been a lot of restrictions and a lot of things. So my, my counter question is, is that, is that just been in the last little while? because that would be pertinent information and to be able to just articulate and pivot myself to what would be necessary. But speaking in general, being a teenager is a, is a hard place to be. I mean, if you close your eyes for a moment, everyone that's here on the panel and those that are watching, remember what it was like to be a teenager. You got raging hormones, social pressures, whether you're homeschooled, whether you're not homeschooled, whether you're in public school, whether you're private school, like a, a whatever kind of thing that you're, where you're getting educated as a teenager. Think about what it was like for you as a teenager and remembering those social pressures. Because a lot of times when there is behavioral issues or things that are happening or backlash, it's because in that teen time, the prefrontal cortex is not thinking, oh my God, there's a repercussion with this. It's just completely in activity, reactivity. And they're constantly responding to our environment. So the cool thing is, is that our nervous system has given us the gift of, is it safe for me right now? And if it's not safe, what happens is we have reactivity. And until we're through those ages, and some of us adults might have such huge visceral feelings, like those feelings that you can feel throughout your whole body. And so when it comes to that teenage time, really connecting, not taking it personal, and being able just to get behind the behavior rather than meeting the behavior. It's like I often say to clients, can you put a fire out with gas? And that's what teenagers need from us. Is they need us to be calm, not to be the gas. So I hope that answers your question and it feels like there's uh, some sort of, there's not major solution that I gave you, but just something about accountability and checking yourself first. Cause we mm -hmm. can't ask them to check themselves. <laughs> they don't yeah, know how. No, I love it, get behind the behavior. And the gasoline analogy, that's awesome. Because that's what happens. It just sparks more and more confrontation and stuff. And it just makes it really hard. So very well said, Rochelle. Thank you so much. Deb, the next question is for you. I would love to record my story. How do I start? 
Oh, I want to record my story. How do I start? Um, oh, that's a good one. Um, well, I say, learn how to use your iPhone <laughs> and press record. Um, uh, no, there's more to it. I, I think uh, you got to find your why. Why do I want to record my story? Like, who am I going to talk to? Why am I going to invest in the time uh, to put it in recording form, then maybe put it in written form, and then maybe decide one day you might want to publish a piece of it, um, which I have been lucky enough to do and have great, uh, fairly good success at, um, at my one year of a story. And um, I, I think you have to find your why. Like, why do you want to do it? Who do you want to talk to? Yeah, and you, you have a beautiful story and a beautiful book that I know has helped so many people. So that, that's interesting because I could see people struggling and where do you start to capture your story? So, so I like that, start with the why. So important, love that. Great words of wisdom, Deb, thank you so much. So for, for Tara, uh, your question is, I don't like my job, but I am nervous of making a change. My family depends on my income. Please help. Wow, that's a good question. I don't know if you knew, and this isn't just answering it, but in North America alone, I don't know if you knew this, but 80% of people go to work hating their jobs and at the same time praying that they don't get fired. And in Canada, I think the stat last time I looked was 50%. We tend to follow North America. I think that if you do something day in and day out that you absolutely don't like, you will make yourself sick. This is where disease comes from. It's separation because if you're, um, it's kind of like selling your soul or something. I mean, we're here to live on purpose and um, we want to be doing something that lights us up. And you might think that you're doing this to um, save your family, but if you're miserable, they're miserable too. <laughs> and I get it. You got to put food on the table. I get it. You got to pay your bills. So you got to start using your mind in a specific way. I mean, you got to start really thinking, you know, what can you do? What can you do where you're just getting food on the table and at the same time starting to really develop yourself and maybe look at a different vocation and getting training. Um, and there's really no better time than right now because all we've seen with the current mindset on this planet, I mean, there's a reason why 97% of this planet is failing. This is like, this is a reality. Um, is we're really stuck in like a victim consciousness. So you don't want to be stuck in that. So it is time for you to really step out of that because there's no better time than right now to get a great job because we saw and to do something you love because we see how many people um, have such weak mindsets and are not showing up. I mean, people are looking for workers. We saw how weak and lazy people are. And, and I... I mean, that's pretty blunt and bold, but that's a reality right now. And so there's no better time than right now to get your insides right and start doing something you love and put food on the table. You can do it. When we're being squeezed, we're being asked to, to stretch and, and to do what we need to do. And that's not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing. And you could, I don't know, you could message me and I'm happy to meet up with you and to help you with a little bit more support because you might need more support, but hope that is a good answer. 
<laughs> a fantastic answer. And you're always so good with stats. Because I, I find, like we started storytelling Tuesday, I don't know, about six years ago and stuff. And I think one of the biggest things is that people think they're by themselves. They're a failure and it's only them. Everybody else is successful. Because how society paints the picture, right, is everybody's doing great. Everybody's, and you're the only one that's suffering. So hearing stats like that, that 97% failing and the struggles and how many, I love how you said, how many people hate going to their work but also are so worried about being fired. That is so, so true. No. Well, and, it, and it's just programming. I mean, it, unfortunately, we're seeing the programming on this planet and, and we have an opportunity now. I mean, there's a reason why 3% of the planet is actually making all the money. And I mean, we're all born rich. We all, there's a saying I love, um, the billionaire and the beggar. They're all given the same amount of opportunities and time. So... I don't know. I mean, this is a time where we've got to step up. And so no one's going to do it for you. Love it. Love it. Some little tough love there. That's good. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Uh, so Rochelle, I am so nervous with my new baby that I, I am not, that I'm not doing things right. Well, congratulations first on the new baby. <laughs> That's my, my first response to that. And again, I would have more questions about what is it that you're nervous about? It makes me think of like the very first time my, my, our first son, he's now, he's 18. That is a skill testing question to tell the ages of my children. I know the, how old they are, but anyway, when our first was a baby, I remember when we were, there was a hospital birth and my, my loving husband was actually nine, 19 years. I need to upgrade and update my intro but anyway I remember him looking the baby had Zane has his name was this is like one of the first few diaper changes and I remember him peeling the diaper back and going and seeing all the meconium and he was like whoa and he just like gently closes it back and he's like I think I'm good on that and he was like a little bit freaked out and so that's a natural response right so it's a, have you done this before is another question that I have because as I go through these uncharted waters, let alone what life is like for us. And we can think and create all of these stories. I mean, this is already been flavored in like this in comparison syndrome. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of supportive mom work stuff, especially inside of my Facebook group. But also there's also a lot of mom hate out there where we can start to create these stories. And so one of my questions is, is to come back to the mind gardening. Is that the story that you're telling yourself? Are those the seeds that you're continuously planting? Because as Tara was saying, like we have capacity of, uh, of what we put in our minds and having mind control over ourselves and our thoughts. And then also Deborah is saying, you know, like, we can choose. So you can, can choose to continue to tell yourself you're not doing a good job or that it's terrible, but look at your baby, make some connections with the baby. Is baby happy? Is baby feeling content or is baby stressed out? And then do a quick self-check and see where you're at and continuously ask for more support. And so I mentioned that I've got a Facebook group and you're wanting some more support around that. Just love your baby, just be present lots and lots of skin to skin contact and and just know that baby chose you and you've got this i hope that helps great great words of wisdom right we worry so much that we don't always stop and enjoy 
the blessing that we have, right? We're like, oh, am I doing this wrong, right? So that's fantastic. Great, great, great words, Rochelle. Thank you so much. Um, Deb, uh, I struggle with negative thoughts. Can you help? Oh, um, okay. I struggle with negative thoughts. Kind of similar to uh, Rochelle's question. Um, I, I can say uh, self-awareness is something that is practiced that it's not something that is um, easy. Nothing fantastic is terrifically easy, but it is doable with a dedicated practice. Um, I do affirmations. So if you suffer from a negative self, and we all know those friends who are generally negative and you're like, oh God, that negative Nelly again. Um, I, um, I, I think we get a free pass every once in a while, you're allowed to be negative about, you know, one minute a day, the rest of the day, you're not allowed, you need to like practice on paradigm shifting. And that goes back to journaling, you know, um, an awareness of, um, or actually I should say affirming because affirmations are very powerful. It's a good tool. Uh, if you say, oh, I'm negative, all the time, you would affirm, I see the world in a positive life and I like, and I bring joy to my family. I choose joy. Um, oh, I'm negative about my job. Um, um, I'm an incredibly articulate and exceptionally um, uh, thoughtful worker. I bring positivity to my work. Now that's probably totally opposite to what you're thinking. But the more you practice your 21 days of saying that out loud, it will eventually create uh, a more positive view. So affirmations work. Love it, love it, love it, love it. And self-awareness. I think that's something we really, a lot of people struggle with that they're not self-aware and they just kind of like a robot, just go through life and not really think about it. So I love that. That's fantastic. Kind of makes me think too that I don't know, I've done this for many, many probably decades <laughs> that was somebody sends me a lovely note or whatever uh, if, if it's if it's um, physical I've got a box of just lovely notes and things and cards I've gotten over the years that particularly touch me or an email that I get that makes me feel particularly good and I kind of put them off to the side with the intention that if I've ever really struggling or feeling bad I'd look at one or the other but I, I, I never really do because I, I think just knowing that it's there but anytime you get something really special like that, I just kind of. That's a great idea. Special box. So. That's a great idea. Reach out to the person who really does love and support you. Don't go to the dry well. Sometimes we tend to go to the dry well. You want to complain about something, you go to the dry well, they'll equally complain along with you. Absolutely. So try not to do the dry well. It's like, who do you lean into and stuff? So you just got me thinking about my lists and stuff again, when you're talking about looking at the positives and that kind of stuff. So love it. Thank you, Deb. Tara, I try to manifest the things in my life I want, but it doesn't seem to work. What could I be doing wrong? Well, first of all, the languaging of the question tells me trying that feels heavy. <laughs> um, it, our results always tells us the truth. 
So if you're not manifesting what you want, you're probably focused on the wrong thing or you're not clear. I mean, the laws um, are always listening. And so you've got to be really crystal clear on what you want. And um, Neville Goddard, who is, you know, the master, known as the master um, master in manifestation, would say that um, lack of evidence is also not evidence of lack, meaning that you don't know when that's going to happen, right? And it really does depend on your mindset and it depends on your programming. So it could happen in an hour, could happen in two months, it could happen in 20 years. Um, We don't know. So you got to just continually be focused on what you want and you got to keep all your languaging. Feeling always tells you what you're emotionally invested. If it's something you really want, you've got to raise your vibration to make that manifestation come true. Now, in order to do that, you got to be at about what we would say is about 500 hertz, like H said. Uh, Guilt and shame, that's 20. (laughs) So when the results are crap, right, you're emotionally invested in the wrong vibration. So you got to raise that up. And you got to live in that space all the time. I mean, this is called the wish fulfilled. Uh, you got to um, show up in your life. Let's say, I'm going to use this example. Let's say it's a new truck. Let's say it's your dream truck and you want to manifest this dream truck. And you're driving maybe a truck that's not your dream truck. Maybe it's breaking down. Well, you have to, when you open the door of that truck, you got to imagine that is your dream truck. And you probably should go test drive those trucks. So in your mind, you're always playing that movie, right? Because you have to become a vibrational match for what you want. And so I hear people say this all the time. I know that they're usually not aligned with what they want. And they're usually not doing the work that they need to do, as we would say, in a certain way. And I would say just keep, get really crystal clear on what you want. Make sure it feels really good. And then take time to invest in having and creating experiences around that. Like I said, there was a truck, you go test drive that truck. Um, By the way, the internet makes everything, you know, really easy. You could just open up the internet. (laughs) You could create a dream or a vision board or, you know, because we think in pictures. So you're going to have to picture that in your mind and hold that in your mind with that high vibration. And you're just going to have to trust that when you're the vibrational match, it's going to happen. Awesome. That makes me think of a volleyball coach my daughter used to have that said, just think about envision you, you know, you playing really well at volleyball, like just go through your mind and do that over and over again. And I think I saw a study somewhere that uh, people are that, that do that and just visualize and do it over and over and over again. It's almost as good as actually having a physical practice well they've proven it's the same actually now and that's what we do with our clients we do a lot of visioneering and yeah pro athletes so i was just talking to saskatchewan rough rider okay and i've known him forever and he's like moving into a client uh, um, opportunity with me which is really great and he totally understands mindset he said you know before he would play his games every single move he would like envision in his mind exactly how the game would go. And he said, it was crazy. I would show up, I'd play the game. I already had done those, like all everything. It's like I did it twice. So that, I mean, it's real. Again, this is all science too. And a lot of people think, oh, it's fluffy. It's not, it's science. That's awesome. Thank you. So we're back up to Rochelle. I have three kids and there always seems to be situations with two against one. 
What do you recommend to deal with this? It's interesting that, that this is coming up. And the reason being is, is that when I had three children, my two older ones who were six and eight at the time said, now's the time to have another one because then we'll always be odd. So this might not be a suitable situation for you, but if there is time on the clock and it feels like it, have you considered a fourth? <laughs> that might be like touching it. I'm not, I'm not forcing it on anybody, but just speaking from my own experience, because I'm kind of treating this, I know, keep laughing, it's hilarious, because like whose children says that? And I feel like it's such a wild thing that had happened, but I know that we learn through other people's experiences. Get, again, much like the teenager question, getting behind what's happening. Sometimes, so when I work with clients, I teach them the five element theory. And in that, it teaches us that energy is doing one or the other cycle. There's just two cycles. We have the word that I don't really like to use, but it's very legitimately easy to understand. I'll start with the negative and then go to the positive. We're just like we have day, we have night. We also have destruction and creation. And so what happens in our relationship building is, is that we're in one of two cycles. And so if we have, unfortunately, everybody says in alignment with a destruction cycle, or one is trying to do the other, and we're not actually flowing together, it can show up in our relationships. So reach out if you want to explore this more. <laughs> Let's just chart and see where you are on your primary five element to see if there is something going on with your three children that is missing and that they don't know actually how to self-regulate and balance each other, let alone themselves, and continue to see how they have, how they have had opportunities where they have worked together and start bringing up those situations and seeing what was working for you. We're always so quick to look at what is broken and what is not working. So let's focus on what is working for your family and continuously giving the energy towards what is working. And I guess that's really all I have on it. I mean, I have like another hour, maybe months and weeks and lifetimes of information to give, but that would be my quick answers. Focus on what is working with their relationship. I love that because I'm sure there's, op- there's things that they can look back on that that was working really well and try to recreate it so that they can kind of get used to it and learn from it and, and uh, be thankful, right? That those are the good times and stuff. So thank you. So uh, Deb... I always feel so wound up after, I always feel so wound up. Any suggestions on how I can relax? Well, um, luckily we're in wine country. Uh, Kidding. (laughs) Not kidding. Well, kind of kidding. Let's see. I tend to get wound up. I am a, you know, whirling dervish at times. And um, I don't know, is it bothering anyone? I don't know if that's such a bad thing to be wound up. Um, Are you having too much coffee in the morning? Uh, Does it, you know, inspire some amazing growth? Because I don't know if amazing growth happens when you're like, um, you know, kind of low energy. High energy is not a bad thing. if you find that it is interrupting, um, you know, a healthy, happy lifestyle, I would say you've got, again, some self-discovery to do. What is it that's creating this wound up person? Um, 
And what would you like your day to look like if you weren't wound up? So start at the, I want my day to look like this, and then it will look like that. And somehow the wound upness might just fade away if you know what your day, what the perfect day is gonna look like for you. And just dedicate, I like the words that were used, uh, intention and attraction. Um, I use that a lot for my own life. And so um, I would use attraction as um, I'm attracting a balanced day for myself and affirm that. I hope that answers that question. I don't know. And then of I course, BC wine. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. And I like the fact that you said, is that a bad thing? Because I think people use labels to try to hurt other people, right? So maybe this person's been told, you're so wound up, you're so wound up as a negative thing and just stopping to think, is that necessarily a bad thing that I'm wound up? I love how it's like the, the energy that you're like, and I can see you being wound up. <laughs> yeah. but, that, but you're wound up and you're creating some great things. Like it's, the, it's maybe like, I don't know if it's right with tar and stuff, but the vibration you're creating with being wound up might be a good thing. And But I love that instead of just saying, Yes, that's too bad. You get like that. It's like, well, is that a bad thing? I kind of, I love that. I love that to stop and just think about these labels that are used against us as, as uh, negative, yeah. negative, yeah, to hurt us and stuff. To maybe stop and think, is that necessarily a bad thing? And just the next person that tells you, you wound up saying, thanks, that's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. Thanks, Deb. I love that perspective. That's fantastic. Uh, Tara. Um, I know I should be eating better and working out more, but I just can't get motivated. Well, what does that look like? Um, I mean, maybe you're going to have to, I think people will do anything to get out of pain. We, we tend to move to pleasure. That's where we tend to go to Starbucks and drink too much wine, eat too much crap. What does that look like? I think you have to be really honest with yourself. If you know you've got to be more motivated and eat better and exercise better, well, if you don't do something, because it's the negative, unfortunately, that's going to move you out of that. Um, and I would say you just got to, you haven't made a decision. And most people don't know how to make decisions. We're not, we're not taught how to make decisions. And, um, you have to make a decision because without making a decision, because you haven't made the decision and then get the support, get the education. I mean, if you want to get in shape and eat better, I mean, get a coach, go, go to the gym and find, or, you know, reach out to Shauna and find out like, you know, who is the, the gym coach who's, who's going to help me learn about how to eat and how to exercise. I mean, I can do that as well, but I'm just saying, if that's like your primary focus, just get a coach and get someone who's going to hold you accountable because accountability is always the glue to commitment. Um, you're not programmed to, it sounds like it. I mean, most people aren't programmed. Most people are programmed, unfortunately, to stay in comfort and complacency, to become overweight, to get sick and disease. And then that we get stuck in victim consciousness and poor me. Well, you have a choice. That's a great news here. You get to choose. So I would say that you first of all got to make a decision. You haven't made one and you got to get motivated and you've got to start thinking about what's the best thing that could happen. If you start, if you lost, let's say, I don't like to use the word lost. If you were your ideal weight 
and you woke up energized and just feeling amazing and, and having really incredible habits, well, how would that feel? And it, it definitely is going to take a paradigm shift. I mean, that's what I do. I'm a paradigm, sh I'm a paradigm buster, like a ghost buster. So you're going to have to have a paradigm shift because you're, you know, I mean, well, I know you aren't because I know most of the planet isn't programmed to do what they should do. And it all starts with a decision. A decision means to cut off from. So you got to cut off from all the excuses and the BS that's holding you back. No one's going to be able to do it for you. So whether you're a girl or a boy, you got to pull up the big boy or girl underwear and you just got to make a decision and start taking action. Without action, nothing changes. And the great news, you get a choice. That's awesome. That answers that. <laughs> Should I call you a Ghostbuster from now on? Yeah, Paradigm Buster. <laughs> paradigm Buster. Paradigm Buster. That's awesome. <laughs> I love the first thing you said is, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Right? That's awesome. I get to have a, a vision of what it's going to be and stuff. So thank you. Okay, so back to Rochelle. Sleep time is a really bad time in our home with both my baby and toddler. Please help. I am so tired. Mm. I am going to confess and call myself out. I have an unconventional answer to that immediately. Are you open to looking at what co-sleeping looks like? Because that was one way that I've gone through. And again, I openly say this is an unconventional way. I found that co-sleeping is a way that sleep could happen, rest could happen. And even if I just laid there awake, it's also teaching the child safety. So we were born into this world with two fears, the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. Sleeping can look different for all of us and especially after we've endured pregnancy, our body shifted, shifted and shaped and did all of the things. Sleeping became a very, maybe not for all pregnant women, but for myself doing that four times, sleeping was not fun for probably the last trimester because the body just felt different so when it comes to your toddler and your baby giving them some time and some languaging and letting the toddler know that it is safe to sleep and also letting baby know that it's safe to sleep and giving yourself also that affirmation so you're noticing a thread of commonality with all of us is, is that the mind is a place where we need to start to condition that sleep does happen in my household and then admiring when it does happen and then start small. So I know that there is a lot of ideas and find what is working for you. Again, finding what is going to work for you, what resonates to you. Sleep is one of the biggest things that we need to rejuvenate ourselves, but it's also one of those conversation topics. And I'm sure over this last almost year and a half, there's a lot of touchy con concepts and conversation topics. Sleep can be one of the ones that's up at the top because everybody has a different view. So I'm a pro co-sleeper because I believe that science has shown us that when a child is safe and when a person is safe and they're out of their nervous system being completely dismantled about what sleep should be looking like, sleep won't happen. So reach out. Uh, you can reach out for whatever support. And, you know, it's another common thread that's being asked is, is when you're having the challenge, especially that's interrupting how we naturally are part of our healing concepts, 
that we have that we can lean into. Sleep is if it's getting disturbed, reach out for support that feels good to you. Especially if, if co-sleeping is not your thing, that's okay. We're not here to judge, but uh, it was one of my ways. And I noticed that a lot of babies have. So weird, cool little fact, and then I'll let another question come up. When a mother exhales, we have been divinely designed that the exhale triggers an inhale of our child. So what does that mean? If we're not breathing while we're sleeping, we're not sleeping at all. And if a child is a babe is getting that exhale on them, they will inhale and they will start to settle themselves down as well. So I'm not saying go deliberately blowing your baby's face, but with baby wearing and having baby close. Yeah, I know you thought that was funny. It's absolutely because it'll actually take their breath away. So if it's done too harshly. So that would be how I would answer that question. And again, there's cornucopia that we can open and talk more about that. So I hope that helps. Yeah, that's great. It's it's fascinating how uh, moms and kids are connected. Because I know with Kaylee, I could hear like she was down the hall in her room and I could almost hear her roll over or any little thing. I kind of could, could sense it or I don't do that now. Thank goodness. But <laughs> but when she's a baby, it's amazing. The connected, the, the wires that we have connected. So I love that uh, your breath and is connected with your babies and stuff. So that's awesome. Thanks, Rochelle. And Deb, I get really nervous when I speak in front of people. How do you make it look so easy? Do I make it look easy? <laughs> I don't know, do I? Um, oh my gosh. Um, I think it is something that is learned, but gets more comfortable the more you do it. I will say this little venue of what Sean has created is one of my funner experiences because there's uh, no pressure. I didn't have to, you know, prep and study and get, oh my God, I've got to get all the details right. Um, I've bombed uh, on a storytelling night uh, and I've done well on other times. So I, I think we've got to roll with it. You know, you got to try it, risk, get out there, be yourself, um, if possible, infusing humor. I always think a little humor goes a long way. Um, I have found that what I might think is funny didn't come off as nobody laughed. So there's that risk that, you know, no one's thinking you're that funny. But I think it just comes from practice. That's, that's it. And just know that nervous is normal. Even uh, the, my favorite comedians, uh, they'll all share that they're still nervous going, you know, the Jimmy Kimmel's of the world, they're still nervous when they go on. So maybe it just never goes away. It's just that little energy that, you know, gives you, gives you your voice. So maybe embrace being nervous. That's awesome. And I do find you very funny, Deb. So <laughs> <laughs> good. Good thing. Great at injecting humor into things. And I totally agree. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a terrifying thing for some people to speak. And some people are so called to it, but are are nervous to take that step and stuff. And it's like, I love it. Uh being nervous is normal. That's totally normal. You're not nothing wrong with you. That's that's normal. And I'll keep you kind of wound up too, right? <laughs> Ready to take action. <laughs> Thanks, Deb. Uh Tara. When I try to meditate, my mind keeps wandering. Any su suggestions to keep me focused? 
Yeah, well, first of all, that's quite common. I always think meditation's kind of like golf. You can have your good days, you're gonna have your not so good days. Um, but the more we practice, um, I mean, I've been a Vipassana practitioner for many years and uh, it's amazing. Like I couldn't even imagine in my early, I'd say 20s before I kind of, you know, went this path that I could even sit for five minutes. And uh, by the way, all you need is five minutes according to Bob. Um, and I've sat for days. <laughs> okay, so uh, I would say that when your energy is really restless, uh, you could do a walking meditation. Like you could go outside and go in the forest, you know, take your shoes off, you could do a little bit of earthing. Um, high vibe music, you know, I was talking about vibration and working with our subconscious mind. Uh, turn on some high vibration music. I mean, you can go to YouTube and, and you can literally put high vibration music for meditation. <laughs> You're going to find a bunch of music um, that's going to be on that level to help your nervous system relax. Um, I would say just start off really small, even if it's just a minute. And, um, you know, you could do like a single point meditation, light a candle, put a dot on the wall. And just bring a gentle focus to your breath. And as soon as the mind starts to wander, just gently come back to your breath. And you might need to do that a thousand times, and that's okay. So I'm sharing this with you because it's normal. And the first time you rode a bike, were you good at it? No, right? And like I said, like golf, you're gonna have some good days and bad, bad days, depending on how your nervous system is and what's going on in your life. Um, but I, meditation snacks. Just take smaller snacks throughout the day, take some deep breaths and quit beating up on yourself. Just do your best. You don't need to be a master at it. You don't need to be a Vipassana practitioner, but if you have a desire to do it, which I think everybody needs to spend some time in quiet and meditation, um, yeah, just start where you are and, and uh, just celebrate the little wins. Awesome. It kind of makes you think about driving a car too, right? Because <laughs> I taught my daughter not too many years ago about driving a car, just even thinking about, well, how do I do it and, and communicate? Because it just becomes so automatic after a while, right? And I don't know if anybody else has done this, but I've driven completely to the wrong place because my mind's off somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. So I'm not the only one that's good. <laughs> so it's like learning how to drive and, and be effective too. Would that be something similar, Tara? Um, actually it's just habit. So just so you know, uh, we act out of our subconscious 96 to 98% of the time. So most often people will drive from their home to the mall or the gas station or somewhere. And, and, uh, just because it's habit, you're not even conscious, like you're not even aware. And sometimes that happens when your mind is busy. It actually happened to me today. I was supposed to meet somebody at a coffee shop on Pandozi. And I just was talking to another client in Alberta who had called me. And I ended up down at Eurobean. And I and once I got there, you know, I sat down, like, where is she? I'm I'm she should be here. And I was like, Oh, just habit, because I was just here and I was supposed to go somewhere else. <laughs> people are so funny. God love us. God love us, people, and how we operate and stuff. <laughs> I will of course share links to all these wonderful, wonderful people so you can get a hold of them in all the postings that I'll be sharing and stuff. But maybe we can go around one more time and just share about what services and, and what you do for people and stuff. Rochelle, what kind of services do you offer to people? I'm so glad you asked. I'm excited to talk about this. I offer stress management. 
just like my intro said, I'm an energetic medicine woman. And what that means is, is that I help to identify the stresses that are in your life and then give you actual integratable tools so you can start living with your stress and meeting it where it's at rather than trying to get rid of it. It's kind of like, it's just such a far reach expectation. My specialty is working with parents and children when it comes to relationship building, when it comes to creating that ideal, what does it look like 20 years down the road? I mean, we don't do that all in the first step, but at the same time, we start to create little tiny practices that are very small, that are attainable, so then you can start meeting your stress where it's at, and then being able to teach your children where that is, so then having that enriched, holistic, happy lifestyle feels attainable for you. And I also teach drum workshops. This is one of my drums. And part of that too is all on my website. So that's espparent.ca is my website. And I love the idea of teaching engaged sacred play. That is what the ESP stands for, engaged sacred play. When we're born, we come with this innate wisdom that play is work. I help families to return to that, whatever that might look like for them. Nice. I love that. Thank you so much. And Deb, what services do you offer? Oh, we don't know how to mouth, read lips. Do you teach oh, me? Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, That's such a Zoom thing, hey? Oh my you're, God. You're, you're on mute. You're on mute. I, oh my God. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess, what are my services? Um, I have two very, uh, well, I have many loves uh, of things that I love to do. One um, is real estate. So I'm a local realtor in the Kelowna area. I have an awful lot of um, amazing clients that uh, I give them my standard warning. Now that we've worked together, you're now my friend. We will know each other forever. And this is most of my clients. Um, and then um, I wrote a book, I published it, and that's how I met um, Shauna. And I'll just show you the, the photo of it because it's absolutely gorgeous. It's called Wait a Year. Is that backwards on your end or just backwards on my end? Yeah, Perfect. okay. Perfect. Okay, so Wait a Year, a funny, with a dash of crazy, heartache, hurricanes, expat life, single with three kids, all spelling disaster. Um, it's got a bunch of funny stuff in there, but really it's about uh, a time in my life I was very broken and didn't want to live. And then decided, oh, I'll wait a year. I'll just move to some foreign country for a year. And that's what I did. So I wrote about that year and how... Uh, amazing things came to me and uh, saved me. So I love talking about it. Anybody who gets a chance to read it uh, is inspired. So two things, real estate and talk about inspiration um, and joyous living. And you're, and you're a speaker too, right? Um, I would like to do more speaking. Um, I would like to do a TED Talk, which I was told I need oh. to get a TED Talk. Um, and I just haven't created the time frame yet to get that dealt with. I, I have some learning to do on that. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love that wait a year. I think that's an amazing thing, just sharing that with people and stuff. Because when they do hit a roadblock that they think is insurmountable, just wait a year. And I know when in my financial planning practice, 
when anything major happens, like a death of a, of a loved one or a partner or whatever, don't make any financial decisions. Wait a year before you do anything. And because uh, it seems to be a good amount of time to, to try to work through things. So I'm so glad you named your book that. That's, a, that's an anchor for people to. It has to some mixed messages, but yes, it's, yeah. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And Tara, what services do you offer for people? So yes, yeah, so I teach and mentor with Bob as a consultant. Um, basically, um, I help people learn how to reprogram themselves for what they want and lead in their lives. And uh, I mean, I'm a mindset coach. Uh, I have a background of 18 years in yoga and meditation as a senior teacher, and I'm a clairvoyant healer. So I can tell Rochelle's maybe trained with some energy medicine people I have because I spent 25 years in energy and vibrational medicine. So um, those are kind of my superpowers. And I'm also an international best-selling author twice. And I really haven't shared that, but I wrote, um, I was a, I was a co-author in Ignite Your Female Leadership and Ignite Your Female Changemaker. So I also have authors' copies and um, quite a few of them just arrived. So uh, if you're ready to lead, if you're ready to make changes, if you're not happy with something, everything that shows up outside of you is an opportunity to get your insides right. So I help you get your insides right so you can lead and so that you can live your your dreams your, your and reach your goals. That's awesome. Thank you all so much for sharing your wisdom and this great conversation we've had tonight. And I know you want to help everybody have a great life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to share. So grateful and thankful for you guys. And I will just wrap this up, but hold tight a minute and I'll be right back. We'll just stop the live stream and